revolution. Let's do it. 16 years and still going strong. Hallelujah. A force in the outdoor radio landscape. The two of you are making me and every one of your friends sick. Huh? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> they walk a thin dividing line between sanity and lunacy. It's time to give thanks to what's truly important. So who owes who money here? Live from America's heartland, beamed throughout the world at JimandTrav.com. This is the revolution with Jim and Trev, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor I love that guy. Who is it? That is Andy Griffin. That's right. Good show. That's where Jimbo learned how to fish. I did. People didn't know this, that little boy. Yeah. That was you. <laughs> yeah. It was me. That was you. <laughs> then you grew into Ron Howard and became bald. But anyways. Well, there you go. All right. So we are talking what, Jimbo, on today's show? We are show? talking spring cast on this week's show, and we got three great fishermen. We have on, I would say, hands down, the best angler in the entire universe. Then you got to be talking about Steve Panaz. Steve Panaz, this man, he actually, he's actually fluent in... Walleye. It's amazing. No, Steve Panaz with Lake Commandos. He's going to be joining us, honest to goodness, in about 45 seconds. People are like, really? What are you, Doug? Wow. Steve Panaz is going to hang out with you guys. You suck! Uh, watch Lake Commandos, though, Sundays, 1130 a.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. We're also going to have Brian Tucker on. Yeah, he is the National Sales Manager for High Mount Season. He's going to tell us how to cook these things. Yeah, smoke them. he's em. got a tournament, too, doesn't he? Cook them, grill them dehydrate them. Who knows? Yeah, we're going to have Brian Tucker on. Then we're going to wrap things up with our field reporter, Mitch Petrie. Mitch Petrie with Outdoor Sportsman Group. Uh, I think he just went tarpon fishing down in the Florida Keys. I think so. Did he go with Captain Jack? Who yeah, with uh, two conch sport fishing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Next week. He also uh, shot a turkey in South Dakota, but he'll tell you all about that uh, at the end of the show. Let's get to Steve Bass. The spring cast is on the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. Now kicking off a two-parter with Steve Panaz, host of Lake Commandos, Sundays 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Hey, Trav, our first guest, man, I just love to go fishing with this guy. He can catch fish anywhere. That's right. Steve Panaz is one of the nation's highest regarded multi-species angler. He is a Hall of Fame angler. In 2011, he made worldwide news when he caught the Loch Ness Monster on a jig he braided out of his own beard. Mr. Steve, how's it going, buddy? I I, I had forgot about that. (laughs) Just something after time. It was epic. You shouldn't have forgot. Slips the mind. I'm a fight, though. I remember that. (laughs) Now, you got to answer me this question. We had, uh, we told some people that you were going to be on the show, and we had some people write in. And they yelled, no! True or false? Many, many years ago, your last name was Pinas, and a couple generations ago, you changed it to Panaz. Is that true? It it was pronounced Penaz, and yes, my my first library card had the original spelling, and when I was six or five, my parents changed it to the current spelling, which was uh, two N's and a Z. Really? So, yeah, that's a true story. That's absolutely a true story. Well, oh my gosh. See, not all of our listeners are full of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, some more truth here. Let's go on to walleye fishing. You know, talking about you are truly one of the greatest multi-species anglers of uh, all time, uh, Mr. Steve. Doing some research on walleye, they are very smart fish. And you're talking about spawning and everything, uh, looking into it, 
they have this innate ability, like this homing beacon, when they spawn, uh, it's actually incredible. You know, the walleye spawn is, is truly unique because they don't spawn in a actual bed like bass and then lock onto it. So they kind of move in and move out. And the challenge for anglers is to find where they're spawning. So you're looking for gravel or rock bottom. But why it's important in the spring is these all these fish are, are moving shallow to spawn, to uh, you know procreate. And it gives you a clue on where to start looking early in the season now. Uh, look for shallows, uh, look for running water, look for creek mouse, things like that, where maybe there's a little bit warmer water. And when you find these spots, uh, they can they can be really good, especially at night. Yeah, can there be stages, like they'll stage in, say, maybe 30 feet of water, and then they'll move up to 9 or 10 feet of water, and then even shallower after that? Uh, so you can actually possibly catch them in three different places? Yes, and it, what's interesting on that, though, is a lot of times what I'll do early in the year is I'll pick bodies of water that have a tendency to warm quicker. And so if you look for shallower lakes that are darker water, some lakes that may be highly fertile can be dynamite early spring walleye fishing because they'll be five, six, seven degrees warmer or more than some of the deep clear lakes that might be just across the road from them. So you can kind of time the spawn based on the type of water you're you're fishing or select a fish and uh, really focus on the ones that are warming most quickly. Yeah. Now, the walleye opener in Minnesota, your home state, isn't it in mid-May? Yeah, it's going to be a week from this Saturday, uh, mid-May. So what's interesting on this is we still have ice on a lot of the northern lakes. In fact, Mm. the Lax Lake, the ice is moving right now and it's coming off the lake because of high winds. And so a lot of times when that happens, it damages area homes and trees and things. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because we have big wind today here, and I'm sure that ice is, is getting stacked up on the south shore. Uh, Steve is being polite. But it's actually moving because of political reasons. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn Democrat. You never know. Now, it, it's, it's crazy, especially for an angler like you, Mr. Steve, and people really have to watch Lake Commando Sundays, all new season, 1130 a.m. Eastern Time on it's Outdoor Channel. Oh, it's such a fun show. But you go all over the place, Mr. Steve, in targeting walleyes this time of year, you know, moving into May and stuff. It can be really tough because the water temps, the further south you get, are going to be warmer. They're going to be spawning in different temperatures versus up north. You guys have 87 feet of ice still. I mean, to really key in for you, that's difficult, man. That's a lot of research. Well, one of the challenges on Lake Commandos is we fish a new body of water and we'll roll up to a lake or a river. And a lot of times we'll pull up to a body of water we've never been on before, but we use a lot of different clues to help us get started. One is to research the lake or the body of water to find out, you know, what's available, specifically what size fish are available, what year classes. Then we look at the type of forage, we look at the water clarity, uh, and that helps us build kind of a pattern. And over the years, and I've been doing this a long time now, but over the years you get some clues and water clarity is one of the first things I look at because if you got super shallow water or super shallow weed growth because of shallow water, you know that there's going to be a weed line that is, you know, three to five to seven, eight feet. And that's typically a great place to start your search for any species, bass, walleye, or whatever. And if you get super clear water, that weed line might be 25 or 30 feet. And that tells you you want to start fishing deeper in that situation. So that's one of the first clues, uh, water temp, but also the water clarity. Yeah. Now we're, we're going to be experiencing, and we haven't yet at Colorado, a spring runoff. You obviously have a spring runoff there in Minnesota, but that water uh, becomes, you know, 
muddy, at least cloudy. Does that help it warm up? It'll help it warm up. A lot of times that water running in will be warmer. We're having major flooding here on the Mississippi River right now and a lot of the rivers. In fact, uh, there's a little local river by my house that's uh, all over the place. It's unbelievable. But, uh, yes, the good news is a few years from now we're going to have some really massive spawns. Um, typically these flooding years can be great for spawning. In the late season, uh, with the cold weather up until May, and then it warms up and it traditionally stays warm, is good for the fry that uh, hatch. So we should have great spawning this year, and I'm excited about that. Now, are you a fan of lures or live bait for walleye this time of year? You know, my tendency is to fish more artificials because they're easier to fish. They're more fun to fish. I like the challenge of catching fish on artificials versus live bait. Having said that, this is a time of year where you really want to go out there with a live bait and artificials and let the fish tell you what they want because you get on the water, you really don't know what you're dealing with until you start fishing. So uh, leeches can be very good this time of year below a bobber on a live bait rig. Minnows on a jig or a live bait rig can be great. But then again, uh, I've had some tremendous early season trips on soft plastics fished on a jig or some of the stick baits or even some of the crank baits like uh, the Berkeley Flicker Shad can be exceptional this time of year. Yeah. Hey, Steve, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? Absolutely. Hey, we're talking with Steve Pedaz. He's the host of Lake Commandos Sundays at 1130 Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Steve, to learn more about you, fishing tactics, where you're going to be, Lake Commandos, uh, your sponsors, man. Where can we find you online? Uh, check us out at Facebook, uh, just uh, Lake Commandos. Uh, also, on uh, my personal Facebook page, uh, Steve Pedaz. And then we're sponsored by a number of uh, just phenomenal companies, a Ranger and Yamaha and Pure Fishing and Garmin and a number of companies. So a lot of times you'll see stuff uh, with those guys as well. You bet. Hey, more Steve Benaz right after this. And now, a public service announcement from The Revolution with Jim and Trav. This summer, don't leave your Jimby in a hot car. Boy, it's, it's hot in here. I don't feel too good. My head hurts. Connect with the boys on social media and always at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution will continue after these short messages. What's your motivation? No matter what motivates you, My Outdoor TV has you covered with world-class hunting, fishing, and shooting content. The new My Outdoor TV gives you more ways to watch. On demand. Live events, our live channels Hunt Stream, Angler Stream, and Turkey Stream, and our innovative Just Shot library, featuring fresh from the field content. What's your motivation? Visit MyOutdoorTV.com and start watching. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and Springcast. Oh, uh, here we go. Now, let's get back to Steve Panaz, host of Lake Commandos, Sundays, 1130 a.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We are talking Springcast, and as we show before the break, of course, Steve Panaz was on talking about tips and tactics for catching early spring walleye and we're right in the throes of that right now now when you're out there fishing for walleye 
we know in the past for bass we've actually put structure in you know we sunk trees you know christmas trees or whatever it may be is there anything you can do for those marauding walleye Typically, you're going to find, Jim, that they're a lot more, uh, they roam a lot more than you will find on a bass. A lot of times you'll see bass will lock up on a piece of man-made structure or a tree or something like that, where walleyes are going to, they're just going to continually to move. I keep finding a lot of fish along the weed line. Uh, so if you're looking for structure or type of cover to focus on, that weed line can be a great first place to look. Yeah, it's been my experience in the past fishing those weed lines. You could catch a northern. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's a fun thing to do. I, I was in a fishing tournament on one of, on uh, Gull Lake last year, uh, in, in mid June or early June, actually. And it was a flat, calm day. And I remember running down the weed line with the trolling motor. And I saw with my eyes over 60 walleyes that day, uh, just sitting on the weed line. So it's, it really reinforced how, you know, attractive that type of, uh, structure is. And it wasn't just, uh, uh, walleyes there were a lot of bass a lot of panfish and of course a lot of pike you know jimbo had mentioned bass let's talk about spring bass for a second mr steve finding and catching those uh deep bedding bass um this is a fun exciting time of year it's difficult especially uh you know you're out there you want to be successful what are your tips man uh for bass this time of year you know bass can be uh, an interesting one this time of year because especially if you move south the spawn is uh, either over or at later stages so if you want to sight fish that could be a great way to catch fish a lot of times the fish on beds can be a lot tougher to catch than they used to be many years ago and a lot of anglers don't like target them on beds just for their personal reasons but this is the time of year that i like throwing shallow diving crankbaits especially some that are designed for this time of year. So the fish are not typically as aggressive as they are during the summer. They don't want to chase. They don't want a real high action bait. They don't like a bait with a lot of noise. Uh, one of the things you've seen is like the Berkeley Brit side has been very popular in the tournament trails. And it's really one of those baits that's fun to throw because it, you know, dives down to four, five, six feet or depending on the model, but it's a low action bait, but it sure produces cold water. Spinner baits would be great. Um, some of the, the bladed jigs can be phenomenal, and, of course, some of the soft plastics as well. Yeah, now, when you're fishing main lake points, uh, and say you've got a slight breeze coming off to your left, and that's right over that uh, that point, do you fish into the wind and bring it back and let it drop off, or do you just kind of bring it through, uh, you know, whether it be a crankbait or a jig? I typically like to cast with the wind. Uh, fish uh, will stack up on the windy side of the point, or, or any type of structure like that, and they'll be facing sort of into the wind. But a lot of times, if you run a crank or other bait over the top of the point and down, um, it's a great way to catch fish, or you can cast parallel to it. But typically, if it's a real windy day, I like the position to boat upwind and then cast with the wind just so I get better distance. Yeah, now, Mr. Steve, obviously, you know, we mentioned Hall of Fame angler, all of your accomplishments. I swear to God, when you get on Google, there is so much information about you. You can find from Outdoor Life, Field and Stream, uh, so many publications, you know, carries your articles, your infos everywhere because it's credible. It's great. It's always timely. When it comes to fishing, there is seriously not a question that you can answer or, you know, as best as you can. How much time studying fish, structure, baits do you have to spend? I mean, obviously, you just don't get out there on a body of water and fish all the time. You educate yourself. Was that something 
uh, you started in the beginning or is it something you picked up over time? I mean, it takes a lot of work to get to where you are, Mr. Steve. Well, thanks for the kind words. One of the, one of the things that, that I really was able to beneficially when I, when we were with, uh, started North American Fisherman magazine and television show, I had a chance to travel extensively and fish with some of the best anglers in the country. Guys like Chalk Grigsby. I mean, you name them. I've been in a boat with a lot of these top guys and it really helped me learn quickly on how to fish certain baits, how to fish different species, what, how to different species react. And then you start seeing parallels to things. And I've had a chance to fish a lot of Southern lakes, a lot of Southern reservoirs. I've had a chance to fish a lot of saltwater. And all of a sudden the pieces just start coming together and you, you learn something on virtually every trip. And all of a sudden you can go back into that memory bank and say, Hey, last time I was here on top waters or whatever, this worked. And you'll be shocked to kind of find out how much or how well these things really work. But one of the things I like about Lake Commandos is we go out there, we've got, uh, we pick two patterns. My guest and I each pick a pattern and we try to outfish each other with that pattern. And you learn so much from somebody else when you take a pattern and you break it down to its basic elements, the weight, the line, the size, the direction you're casting, how fast are you fishing? And that's when you start seeing the big differences the little things can make. And that helps you put the pieces together more quickly. Yeah. Now, one last question real quick, uh, Mr. Steve. You know, you have you're you're in such a unique situation because you you get a fish alongside amazing anglers all the time. Have you found like the truly good anglers such as yourself? You you all share personal traits, little idiosyncrasies, mindsets, you know, kind of like what separates a good angler from a great angler? Have you found there's a lot of those markers that hit with these people that are truly exceptional at fishing? Every amazing angler I've ever been in the boat with uh, have they're all competitive. Mm-hmm. You never want to lose, and that means lose to the fish. So if something's not working, their mind is going, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this. And the best anglers actually turn it up a notch or two when the fishing's tough, whereas a lot of anglers would just say, oh, they're not biting today, I'm going to head in. And that's when you learn things that you just will never learn unless you stick it out. And uh, I've seen that time and time again. One of the first Anglers I've ever fished with that had that was a guy named Spence Petros, uh, world famous as a muskie fisherman and former editor at the Fishing Facts, but he was the most competitive guy I've ever met uh, on and off the water. And he still is, even in his 80s now, he's still that competitive. Yeah. Uh, Steve, we got to leave it right there. I'm sorry, but uh, we're coming up on a, a big break. That was smooth. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> let, let me try that all over again. Hey, Steve, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Steve Panaz, host of Lake Commando Sundays at 1130 Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel, and he is in my Hall of Fame. That's right. Uh, you can also check him out on My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Just hop on MyOutdoorTV.com. Uh, search Steve Panaz. Search Lake Commandos. Many seasons are going to come up. But again, Mr. Steve, before we get to a break, to learn more about you, get awesome fishing tips and techniques, where can we find you online? Well, my, you mentioned it too before. MyOutdoorTV.com's got uh, all of our episodes dating back to, I think, uh, season three. And uh, that's probably the best place. And also Facebook and other 
you know, online, but uh, my outdoor TV is the best. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we get Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasoning. Mr. Steve, God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. We're here to help you fish like a boss. Bass. I kiss fish to you. My tackle ain't brand new. I catch them like Van Damme. They put that money in my hand. That's right. Spinnerbait. Pay up, sucker. He's trolling. Your new favorite team sport is here. I put the team on my back, baby. On Major League Fishing Saturday. This lake's got a minute. A bold new concept in professional bass fishing. We're not taking it easy, unless we're dang short. The General Tire Team Series. Communication is everything. And don't miss the high-stakes action of the Bass Pro Tour. That's insane. Plus, post-competition highlights on all angles. I done found the school, boys. Major League Fishing Saturdays. It all begins at noon Eastern on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Season. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav and the Springcast. Now kicking off another two-parter with Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Here's part one. Hey, we are back. We're talking Springcast on this week's show. Before the break, old Steve Panaz of Lake Commandos. What a great interview that was, huh? That's right. But our next guest, man, he makes dish rags taste good. He is actually Steve Panaz's father. That is Brian <laughs> Tucker. I He's thought a- he was Tucker Carlson's cousin. Tucker, who's Tucker oh, Carlson? <laughs> I heard that. All right, Brian Tucker, <laughs> the national sales finish for High Mountain Seasonings, and he is a Fox News correspondent. I even touched my ear he to make did. that official. I watched him. Mr. Brian, how's it going, buddy? Good, fellas. How are we doing today? Good. I heard you also work on SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a man of many talents. I'm just not good at any of them, so we'll give it a shot. That's right. He hauls dead elk in the back of his Tesla. <laughs> All right, so let, you know, this is a fun time of year, you know, during the break mr brian we're talking about it's spring things are popping here in kansas it just looks brown um but elsewhere is great the fishing is fantastic this time of year isn't it buddy absolutely i'm actually headed out this coming up week or this weekend coming up to do a little bit up in idaho for a tournament we've got going on it's finally that time it's warm enough to be out on a boat and you're not going to be freezing too bad so yeah now uh, when, when you're out there fishing is it going to be fly fishing or you going to throw hardware uh both so i'm I like to say I can fly fish, but I get frustrated enough that I always take a spinning rod with me. As soon as I start sucking too bad, I'll uh, I'll go to the spinning rod for sure. Yeah, he watches. What is that um, show with Brad Pitt? River runs through it. Yep. Yeah, he's part time fly fisherman, bad gambler. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's talk about this for a second. When it comes to smoking fish, because that's what I'm really interested in. I, you know, everyone's been to the grocery store, man, and prices are insane and it is mm-hmm. it is more cost effective the food is way better if you make it from home especially with high mountain seasonings but let's talk about smoking fish are there certain species man that you like to target for smoking or do you like you really don't care so i mean it depends you know on this trip that we're going to take like this one coming up it's all going to be about trout so a lot of those will get smoked but it doesn't really matter with exception like you know we'll keep walleye or crappie to fry in the pan or make like fish tacos that kind of stuff with but you know salmon trout i've smoked catfish 
anything like that. I mean, we've got brines for any of it, whether it's a gourmet fish, Wild River trout, Alaskan salmon brine, anything like that. It's going to be excellent, and they all have their own unique textures and flavors that are just, you can't go wrong smoking them. Yeah, now the secret is you brine the fish first. So you, you gut them, and uh, do, do you fillet them, and then throw I, it in the brine? So depending on the size of the fish, I will fillet it or not. Sometimes if it's a smaller, say, like a trout or anything like that, we might leave them whole. But generally, I do tend to fillet them just so that it lays out and gives that a little bit more smoke texture to the meat itself without the skin getting in the way, especially on the ribcage side. Now, let's say we hop on your website, himtnjerky.com, and we order some brines. How long will you brine for? Does it depend on how many fish you're putting in there? Do you mix species? I mean, how long do you brine for? So it's going to be a 24-hour brine process. If you get one of our kits, there'll be two packages of brine mix. Each one will make a gallon of brine. Oh, wow. There's not a set number of fish or poundage of fish that they'll do. As long as you can completely submerge them in that brine liquid, it'll brine them. And so you can do a trout, salmon, walleye mix, anything like that, you know, because all that blood's getting pulled out, the brine's going in place of it, and then you can go ahead and smoke them the next day. Yeah, now the thing is, when you're when you're brining them, uh, in that brine, is there salt and sugar or just salt? There is. There's salt, sugar, the nitrite that turns to a nitrate during the, during the smoking process, all of that. Now, for our listeners that are just uh, not as educated as Jimbo, okay, <laughs> what is the purpose of brining? So the brining, it allows that um, smoke flavor, like I said, to adhere better to the meat, and then it takes the blood out of the fish fillet itself, replaces it with the brine, makes it a more moist-type texture, better flavor, and then, because if you take just a straight fillet, put it straight into the smoker, you're going to run the risk of bacteria growing for one, because you're smoking it at a low temperature between 40 and 140 degrees where botulism and bacteria like that can grow. But then also you can get too much smoke to where that's all you taste, and it's just kind of nasty. Now, have you found particular wood you like to use for fish? You know, let's let's say you have your particulars for beef or chicken sure. or, or pork. Are there certain, you know, wood woods you like to use on fish? I like a lighter one because I don't like – I'm not like a huge, like, harsh smoke flavor kind of guy like mesquite or something like that, which, is, I mean – it has its, a good flavor in its own right, but I like something like an oak or a cherry, just very mild. It might add in a couple handfuls into the mix of hickory for just a little bit of different, you know, smokiness to it. But I tend to stick with the lighter smoke with the fish, especially. Yeah, if you go into the northern climes, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, Montana and, and uh, so forth, or even Alaska, uh, Canada, uh, they smoke with alder a lot, and that's kind of yeah. a mild yeah. smoke. Yep, great option for, I mean, exactly like I was just talking about. Alders are good. I mean, even like oak. Oak might be a little bit harsher than an alder, but it's not going to create the overpowering smoke flavor with the fillet, especially when it's, you know, you might have a half-inch fillet that has got to penetrate, so it doesn't take much to get into the meat. So what you're saying is you don't want to go get some Aspen so you have that good <laughs> urine flavor, you know? I was thinking, like, cottonwood. I mean, try that, Russian olive. <laughs> <laughs> some cardboard, you know, kind of whatever you want to do there. Right, um, right. Yeah, the hardest part is just rolling it up and getting it to light. <laughs> All right, so with you know with with beef, that's a good point right there. So with beef, you know we that that key temperature, you really want to stay between like two fifteen and two twenty five. If you're gonna go low and slow, 
But since right. fish isn't so dense and you don't want it to completely dry out, you have to stay at those lower temps, don't you? Right, right. And that's a beautiful part of the brine, too. It helps hold that moisture in there because, yeah. again, it's so thin, it's going to dry out much faster than a bigger cut of meat. And then it's just not as palatable or as you know, enjoyable product. Now, do you find that uh, the temperature has to be a little hotter to make that, uh, that wood chip smoke? Uh, so you're going to start off a little hotter and then, and then dial it back. it back? A lot of times we'll sit and we'll shoot for that 180-degree mark just to preheat it to kind of get it going, and then we'll adjust from there. Just like you said, I mean, you do got to get it ignited and get it smoldering, and that way the smoke can, um, and you know, with the heat as well, get into the product. So um, that 180 mark's a pretty safe target range to start all of that. Well, you know, and you can actually uh, take and put your seasonings on it and just put it on a grill. And mm-hmm. you get that charcoal flavor, and that's really good as well. I think you told us last time we talked, Jim, that with you, uh, you would eat like fish livers and stuff like that. Oh that yeah, and yeah. cheeks, and you know. And I found out uh, the other day that uh, guys will actually take the the front fins like on a walleye, and mm-hmm. they'll go right below the fin. You know, you've gutted it out, and you've got it open. Then you cut toward the jawline, and then come up. And you've you've got those two little I don't know if they're pectoral fins or I don't know it's it, anyhow it's the front fins on the bottom whatever they're called mm-hmm. and uh, you actually have they look like on a walleye when you cut them in two they look like two shrimps and I got to tell you I, I we've always just thrown that away right but uh, that is something that you could probably do with trout especially if they're any size if they're smaller than you use it for a toothpick yeah I seen some videos of guys doing it like with steelhead which you know like a bigger version of a trout i think they almost call it like, like a trout wing or something like that yeah. when they cooked it and there's quite a bit of meat there that you don't realize that you're throwing away like yeah i've recently learned that watching some of those youtube videos on just different fishing techniques and they do the catch and cooks and everything like that afterwards and yeah, it'd be interesting to try it out especially on a little bit bigger fish yeah i, I gotta tell you something brian we've got to take a break can you stick around absolutely all right hey we're talking with brian tucker he's the national sales manager for high mountain seasoning and uh He's coming up in part two. Mr. Brian, to learn more about you guys, get some fantastic recipes you have on your website, seasonings, brines. Hey, the uh, options are endless. Where can we find you online? Check us out at HIMTNJerky.com. Yeah, and you got to watch for monthly specials as well because you guys are always running different stuff and changing it up to kind of correspond uh, with the seasons, right? Absolutely. Yep, yep. It's always a good place to find that there, like you said. And then um, you hit right on the head. Recipes, tips, tricks, frequently asked questions, missing instructions, anything like that. You can find it all on our website. You bet. More Brian Tucker right after this. Kevin Coleman. And the other nice thing, too, is if you like beer, beer and fish go really well together. Sometimes I'll baste my fish with a little bit of beer on it because the natural sugars in the beer will caramelize when they're on the grill and give you some more flavor. Come on, come on, I think I'm going crazy for grill and fish tacos. Sundays on Sportsman Channel, you'll find Pigman and his crew doing what they do best. We're like the dream team. Who would have thought that we could have made it happen? The squeal is real. Let the murder show 2.0 begin. Boom, 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 boom. That is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. How can we top this? I don't know if it's even possible. There's a pig there. Yeah. We ought to already be there. What are we doing here? We're going. Pigman, the series, Sundays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Sportsman Channel. Your home, your land, your outdoor lifestyle. Great American Springs celebrates it all with an online showcase of new products, 
how-to videos, expert tips, and groundbreaking content. Think spring and think big with the help of Great American Spring. Go to GameAndFishMag.com slash GreatAmericanSpring. Presented by Toro. Count on it. The Revolution with Jim and Travis on the air with the Springcast. Now let's rejoin the boys and Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is part two. Hey, as we continue with our uh, discussion of spring casts on this week's show, of course, we had uh, Brian Tucker on with High Mountain Seasonings. He is the national sales manager for them, and he has some great ideas on how we can make our own smoked fish. Now, you guys have all of your products, a lot of them you can buy in bulk. So seasonings, you can get in like five-pound boxes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's becoming a bigger and bigger thing as people become more of the do-it-yourselfer that... Any of our products that we offer, we're going to offer in bulk sizes, whether it's here in a seven-pound bag to, like you said, any of the seasonings in a five-pound box. Now, your steak rub, which is, oh. oh, my God, it is so gosh darn good. Five pounds of steak rub. How many steaks do you think you could grill with five pounds? <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, that's one of those I wouldn't I don't Depends on the size of the steak, I guess, right? <laughs> be, yeah. Half a cow. A couple hundred, I'm sure. <laughs> That'd be delicious. Is it? Is it a pretty good savings with when you go with the five pounds? It is. It is because you're looking, you're going to spend it about $75 for the five-pound box versus a 10-ounce bottle to 11-ounce bottle that's going to be ten ninety nine. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And the thing is, that's the thing is you, you get the big bottle. And then you blow through it instantly because it's so good. So you should really narrow down to start off with, you know, pick out like five things you really like and buy in five pound boxes because that's what I would do. And uh, I mean, that's a heck of a deal. And then you could even share it with some people. Sure, exactly. Well, and then, too, on those, they're over $75, where in the uh, continental U.S., we offer free ground shipping on the product as well. So you buy one of those, you've met that threshold, and we'll ship it to you for free. You know, I had no idea that coffee tastes so good on meat. But I got to mm-hmm. tell you, you've got that uh, coffee rub grilled venison. Knock your socks off. Yeah, it's one of those we've experimented with stuff over the years. And some of those higher-end steakhouses, they're definitely adding like an espresso rub or like a, you know, depending on the type of roast for that, what they're adding to the cuts, like a ribeye, anything. And it's really, really good. You know, I've almost kind of joked we ought to come out with a spicy coffee rub and call it a hot coffee. Oh, so. that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, when you add the coffee to it, I'm sure it's a little more patriotic when you do like black rifle. Yeah. Um sure. but when you when you put the coffee on there and you smoke it or you grill it, okay? What does it do? Does it, it does it keep that bitter? Does it turn more savory? What does it do? So from my experience, it's been more savory, and it helps create a little bit more of a crust on the product itself. Because usually when you're doing a steak, unless you're doing like a sous vide or reverse sear or something like that, you're getting that grill hot, 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 and you're throwing it on there, searing it right away to lock those juices in. And that coffee's helping create that crust to do so. Mm. Yeah, you know, I watched Trav the other day do a prime rib. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm telling you. I use the seasonings a lot. Your uh, prime rib. What is it? The prime rib and... Uh, the brisket and prime rib rub. Oh, my God. That is so good. What is in that? 
Like what? I mean, no, you can't tell us. If he tells you, he has to kill you. But it is just so delicious because I'd like to go out there and just lick my fingers and stick them <laughs> in the bottles because it's I mean, so you good. Get a five he does. Box, you can just eat it with a spoon. <laughs> I would. I would. It's good on. Honestly, God, if you put it on vanilla bean ice cream, it is delicious. <laughs> I'm not joking. You <laughs> really and sweet, just like Jim. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> not everybody notices. That. A little more savory, right? <laughs> Um, all right, so let's get back on, you know, me not eating seasonings here uh, and Jimbo being so sweet. Um, where was I going? Oh, I want to get into, we have this discussion all the time, and you guys are the pros, especially for grilling, okay? When you put a steak on, it is of my opinion, tell me what you think, you should get your grill nice and hot, season your steak liberally the way you want, and then put it on the grill and only turn it once. What say you? I will turn it twice sometimes if I just want to get the checkerboard for the grill marks. Oh, yeah. It's just a one-time turn. Yes. Okay. But I get it screaming hot. It's, I mean, 600, 700 degrees. Leave it on there. Get it flipped over to the other side so I've got a nice medium rare. But like I said, I will do it a second turn if I just want to try and act like I'm fancy, some sort of, you know, like an Alton Brown or somebody like that, and just <laughs> get the checkerboard um, steaks on the meat itself. Yeah. Now, do you season, like, say your steak rub, okay, if you're going to use mm-hmm. that. Do you season that before, and then when you put it on the grill, you might season it again, or or do you season it all on the grill? I just do it once. I just put it on the I put it on the raw steak in the kitchen before I take it out to the grill, create that crust, and that I leave it at that. Yeah. Now I have to tell you that uh, for convenience, I have always used a gas grill. Okay. I mm-hmm. like the flavor of charcoal, you know, when you're mm-hmm. grilling, but of recent. Travis has been talking to me, you got it, and I've got this one grill where you can raise and lower the platform and so forth. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I went back to um, charcoal, grilling mm-hmm. steaks, and you get that nice and hot, let it heat up for like a half hour, 45 minutes. Everything is, uh, you know, the, the coals are white. You talk about the flavor that you get from that charcoal. Yeah. It, you know, the gas grill just can't even come close. No, it's true. That's true. And that's cool. It's got that feature, like you said, that it'll raise and lower. I mean, you can go ahead and get your sear right away, then raise it up and kind of let it cook its way through and then get your, and then have to only flip it one time and you get that nice internal temperature, like it's 130, 135 degrees for that medium rare. I told Jimbo, it's time for you to become a man. Put down the Bud Light, grab a bar <laughs> of a uh, bag of charcoal, and let's be men. I'm like, I'm laughing, but I ain't touching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go on to chicken because that's the most boring thing in the world. Okay, sure. No, you know the hard thing is with chicken is it is you know you smoke it, you do fried chicken. It's always the outside that is good. Do you inject your chicken? Do you do beer can? I know that we use your seasonings, and I like to go more of the Cajun style because I I yep. love Cajun smoked chicken. Do you brine your chickens before I you smoke them? Do you really? Brine it. Yep. The crazy part with that is like when you brine a chicken and then go to cook it, especially smoking it, the meat's going to be pink. Most people are going to think that's raw, but it's not. It's just the brine in the meat itself. And you want to talk about going from a potentially dry product to a super moist product? Brining is hands down one of the best options I have ever found for doing chicken turkey, pheasant, anything like that that's going to be leaner, that if you don't cook it right, it's going to be overcooked and dry. Oh, wow. All right. Great idea. So coming up to a break, you guys do offer free shipping, and that's why I recommend instantly kicking things off with buying five pounds of your favorite seasonings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. You've already met it there. It's, you know, most of those bulk shakers rubs are like $75.29. You've met that threshold. 
and go from there. And then you can always add additional items as well, too, if you want to get more bang for your buck. And honestly, though, you're sitting there, you're staring at your freezer, you've got a bunch of meat, whether it's wild game or beef, um, and you just don't know what to do. You need to hop on HIMTNJerky.com. You had, um, excuse me. I swallowed. Choked up I swallowed it. my dip. Uh, <laughs> you guys got to hop on himtandjerky.com and improve the recipes. You guys have the most amazing gourmet recipes that are fun, delicious, and easy to make. Uh, the yep. options are literally endless. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, if you don't know what to do with it, we're going to have an idea of how we can help you out. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mount Seasoning. And he actually, uh, he owns High Mount Seasoning. He owns High Mount <laughs> Seasonings, and he delivers all of his seasonings on a Yamaha. Uh, <laughs> hop online, check out Brian and Yamaha at uh, YamahaMotorsports.com. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we've got Mitch Petrie. Mitch Petrie, I think he's somewhere in New York right now. Uh, Mr. Mr. Brian, God bless you. We love you, buddy. Take care, fellas. Always a good time chatting with you. If you're not into posting selfies or pictures of your dinner, there is one cool thing you can still do with your smartphone. Joining the revolution at JimandTrav.com. It's all about the outdoors. Check out show archives, Jim's blog, Trav's take, cooking with Mrs. Bunny, and tons of expert advice from our hunting and fishing pros. Log on now, JimandTrav.com. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and the Springcast. Now, please welcome Mr. Mitch Petrie, Vice President of Programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here are the boys. Hey, we are back. We're talking Springcast on this week's show. And uh, before the break, old Brian Tucker had a lot of things to say about seasonings you can use on a lot of different things. And I like that coffee steak one that he did. That's right. Right now we got Mitch Petrie, though. He is the vice president of programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group. He is also our very own executive producer. Mr. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? I'm going great. Going great. As the executive producer, what the hell are you doing fishing in New York? (laughs) I'm executive producing. And, and Frank, the sound guy, is shaking his head no. What the <laughs> heck's going on now? That was supposed to be my job. So you're out right. on the water right now, or you got rained out, supposedly. We, we didn't get rained out, but it, the conditions are suboptimal. Um, that said, we still caught, I think, over 40, maybe 50 smallmouth. Holy wow. smokes, uh, really? Between three of us, yeah. Uh, but no, the wind's howling, and it's early May here, but the conditions are, they feel a little bit more like winter fishing, but... Uh, you know what? Good weather gear doesn't matter. We we toughed it out for several hours and uh, caught some really nice fish here. We're in, uh, I guess we'd be northeast of Buffalo on the Niagara River. And uh, just beautiful up here. You know, I'm kind of trained that whenever I hear people talking about New York, I, I tend to tune out. But <laughs> but I forget that upstate New York is a completely different part of the, the country. It's beautiful up here. Yeah. Now, is there any ice flows on the river? No, no ice flows. It's actually, it's green and the trees are budding and it's wow. plenty of rain, I think, of late to, to green things up. No, it's actually very beautiful. I'm, I'm looking at the Niagara River as we speak. Holy smokes. Now, are you guys going back out today? Uh, today, we are not going to go back out, but we're going out again tomorrow and tomorrow should be much better. And, uh, there's a group here, uh, all week. Um, we're guests of the, uh, Lake Erie and Niagara tourism board to mm. experience everything they have to offer here. And I tell you what, if you're interested in bass fishing, smallmouth bass, or just 
it, it's a fantastic place. I think it's it's got to be a top five destination in the country for smallmouth bass. Yeah, were there any size to the smallies? Uh, yes, I would say the average size was probably three and a half to four pounds. That's and we one heck several of several that were five pounds. One heck of a fight with a three or four pound smallie. Oh yeah, and well, the current on this river had us moving probably a mile and a half per hour. Wow. 1.5 miles per hour. So throw in a 20 mile an hour wind, uh, four to five pound smallmouth bass in, in a mile and a half of current. And it feels like you're fighting, you know, Bonita on saltwater. <laughs> now, speaking of saltwater, uh, recently you were down in Florida and you guys were, what were you targeting tarpon? I was mostly targeting, um, cocktails by the pool. Uh, <laughs> but, um, when, when I heard, uh, when I actually went and saw Jack Carlson from Two Conks. Oh yeah. Who's the host of Two Conks on, on Outdoor Channel. And I just went to the dock to watch him come in and, and greet him and talk to the guys that were, they were fishing. And he asked if I wanted to get out, uh, the next morning. And I'm like, okay, twist my arm. I'll get out. And, uh, uh, we ended up hooking up with four tarpon uh, oh. fishing down south of the Seven Mile Bridge uh, in the Keys. Of course, they're migrating now, aren't they? Uh, let's see. I was there about a month ago. Uh, I think it, it was a little early for migration. But you, you notice I did say uh, hooked up to four tarpon. <laughs> oh, you didn't uh, land them. I didn't land any, uh, but it was not disappointing. I mean, we were fishing the bridge. We had one just kind of through it and... It's just exciting because I'm from Minnesota and we don't get them that big up there. So we don't get tarpon at all, but we don't get fish that big for the most part. So it's just fun to have that experience of holding on to one of those. Well, being from Minnesota, you know, they probably, uh, the the muskies probably pull almost as hard, right? The muskies, uh, they fight pretty good, but you know what? It's a lot shorter. Uh, they're good for two or three runs. And then, uh, you get them. We, we also, when we target muskies in Minnesota, we really try to, we use pretty heavy tackle and try to get into the boat fast, get them in the net. We have these giant nets that we, we kind of keep the fish in the water boat side, unhook them, lift them up for a quick pitcher and get them back in. So, so we try to land them relatively fresh, but yes, it's a great fight. But uh, it's just not as long as the tarpon fight. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Mitch Petrie. He's the vice president of programming for Outdoor Sportsman's Group. And he's also the executive producer of The Revolution with Jim and Trav. That's right. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. Mitch, to learn more about you, where you're going to be next, like uh, instead of where's Waldo, it's where's Mitch. Uh, Where can we find you guys online? You know what? I use Instagram a lot just to share my story and hopefully inspire some people to get outside with their friends and family and, and maybe take someone who's never hunted or fishing before. So my Instagram is at Mitch Petrie Official, D-E-T-R-I-E. Uh, and I did the one for Luna just so that my Instagram didn't uh, become just me and her. And that's <laughs> Lady Luna Lab Life. She's a little cuter than Mitch. Yes. <laughs> just a lot younger. <laughs> All right, we got to get to... doesn't drool as much as Mitch. <laughs> That's right. We got to get to a break. Mr. Mitch, God bless you. We love you, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Back in my day, there was no such thing as the internet or social media. We had to ask Willie the town drunk to get all our information. Thank goodness for the all-new JimandTrav.com. Your one-stop shop for all things outdoors. JimandTrav.com. Stay right there. The boys will return after these short messages. Reimagine every adventure, every terrain, every incredible memory. 
The Yamaha Wolverine family of side-by-side vehicles help you reimagine off-road capability, comfort, and confidence. Available right now at your local Yamaha dealer. With the Wolverine R-Max 21000 and R-Max 41000, recreation meets sport and maximum power meets maximum comfort and versatility. And with the Wolverine X2 and X4850, extreme terrain meets its match. Find your Yamaha Wolverine at your local Yamaha dealer or at YamahaMotorsports.com. That's YamahaMotorsports.com. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specification subject to change. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found that I had medical problems. He told me that was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now, receive free shipping with the code word AL. Go to balance7.com, that's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com, Use the code word L. Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week, Springcast. I always love our Springcast show because we have the greatest guests. First one was Steve Panaz. Steve Panaz, Brian Tucker, Mitch Petrie, action-packed fishing show. Jimbo, last word. Hey, last word is you got to tune in next week. We got some great stuff with uh, Captain Jack Carlson. Yeah, Tukong Sport Fishing, plus we're going to have Daniel Vitalis with Wild Fed and our beloved cat fisherman, Cat Daddy. Make sure you get outdoors this weekend, hammer home fire our safety and uh shoot jimbo an email or call him or something or just shoot me a pretty smile all right so we'll return next week god bless you and the united states of america thanks for listening we love you